may be seated. I love you. Open your Bibles to Matthew 7, um, 15, and a couple things before we jump in. Uh, first, this is a, a terrifying text, okay? Um, as a pastor, as someone who functions as a pastor, um, meaning when, when the Spirit ministers to the body through me, uh, that comes through teaching and preaching and praying and asking, how are you doing, Okay. So as a pastor, this is a terrifying text because you read it and you think, beware those false prophets, okay? Beware those ravenous wolves who look the part outwardly, but inwardly are wicked. Um, beware those who would use other people in their charge for their own gain and, and, and urge people to live for reward in this age and not the age to come. Beware those people. Like you open up your Bible and read that and go, yeah, those people, okay? And um, that's the first time you read it, but after you read it a few more times, and a few more times, and take stock of your own heart, and the parts of your heart that only the Lord can see, um, this becomes terrifying reading, okay? Because rather than functioning as a, a spotlight pointed at the false prophets and false shepherds and false leaders, what this does is it turns into a mirror, and, and you see all the things in your own heart, um, that are there. And so as we read today, as we as we look at this, we have to ask, am I the false prophet here? Okay? Am I the false teacher here? Am, am I the, the false apostle here? Like, are you talking about me, Jesus? Okay? That that's that's what we have to do today. So that's that's first is just do last week's bid and ask, okay, is there a plank in my own eye here that the Lord needs to deal with? Um, the second thing before we jump in is I think that uh, it is providential, I think it's the Spirit of God, uh, that we land on th these texts a few weeks before we vote um, on church leadership, because we're going to look at this Sunday and next Sunday is the difference between uh, false leadership and, and true leadership uh, among God's flock. So let's read it, 15, beware of false prophets. And for clarity, false prophets here is an umbrella term for all leaders in the body. Okay, prophets, apostles, evangelists, teachers, um, and so on. Beware those who come to you in sheep's clothing outwardly, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You will recognize them by their fruits. Are grapes gathered from thorn bushes? Yeah. <laughs> or figs from thistles? So every healthy tree bears good fruit, but the diseased tree... No one bears bad fruit. A healthy tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a diseased tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is, John the Baptist, cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus you will recognize them by their fruits. And not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. And on that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? Did we not cast out demons in your name? Did we not do many mighty works in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. This is God's word. Okay? It's God's word. Beware false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. So the first marker for this sort of leader is rather than giving their life for the sake of the sheep, they take the sheep's life for the sake of themselves. Okay? 
inwardly ravenous wolves coming to eat the sheep. And how does this play out? Okay, in, in this text and in the history of uh, humans, it always plays out with money. Every single time. False, false prophets, false leaders, wolves in sheep's clothing are always after money. They killed our sheep for their own gain, and it's always for money. Okay? And so what Jesus is doing here is he's, he's not making this up. This language is, is in the prophets. So Jeremiah 22, and I would just kind of as a general rule... Jesus is really making nothing up. It's all in the prophets, okay? (laughs) Jeremiah 22. uh, Woe to him who builds his house by unrighteousness. Uh, And and the house here is is the temple and and palace, as we'll see. Um, And his upper rooms by injustice, who makes his neighbor serve him for nothing and does not give him his wages. So what are we talking about? Money, all right? Um, he, he says, I will build myself a great house with spacious upper rooms, with cedar, with cedar, and painting it with vermilion. I asked my mom last night what vermilion was, and she knew. Okay. <laughs> so he says to them, do you think you are a king? Right? You're building this big house, you're oppressing your, your laborers and your servants and all this stuff. Do you think you're a king? Did you not know that your, your father, who's Josiah here, Josiah's a good king, all right? He tore down the idols, okay? Did not your father Josiah eat and drink and do justice and do righteousness? Then it went well with him. He judged the cause. He, he, he ruled in favor of the poor and the needy. Then it was well. And then he says, the prophet says, is this not to know me, right? So what does Jesus say to these false prophets? Depart from me. I never knew you, right? So it's the same bit. He's pulling this language from the prophets. I never knew you. So to know God for those in, with charge over people and, and leadership over people is to love those in your charge and not exploit them. He says, this is to know me. I never knew you because you exploited people and took advantage of people. You have eyes, Sermon on the Mount, a good eye, a single eye set on the age to come, or a mixed eye set on both. You have eyes and heart only for dishonest gain, for shedding innocent blood, and for practicing oppression and violence. Okay? So you see what Jesus is doing here? He, he's it, sermon, sermon on the Mount, and really all of Jesus' teaching is aimed at the, the Pharisees and, and the Sadducees and the scribes and the religious leader of, of the day who are using people, oppressing people, taking their money for their own gain. All the way through Matthew, this is what he's doing. And he said, hey, you guys, Pharisees here, we've been down this road before. Israel's kings and Israel's priests have outwardly made a good show. What's happening in Jeremiah? We're building the temple, okay? We've got to have these upper rooms with, you know, with vermilion, <laughs> okay? We're building the temple for God, and they're, they're doing it not for the glory of God, but for money and power. Over and over and over. Ezekiel, another prophet, the conspiracy of her prophets in her midst is like a roaring lion tearing the prey. They have devoured human lives. They have taken treasure and precious things, and they have made many widows in her midst. Again, just following the pattern. So uh, who's Israel's first king? Saul, right? And right, and God's a little you know, angry about that at the time. They say, hey, give us a king so we can be like the nation's. And um, Samuel says to them, hey, you don't really want that, okay? Especially not with Saul coming. Like, that's not the one that you want. And they say, yeah, we do. And so Samuel tells them, look, you want a king before it's time to have a king? Because they're going to get a king, right? He promises Abraham, many kings will come from your line. 
Okay, well, that's what happened, all right? Uh, many kings will come from your line, and, and they get Saul. And Samuel, the prophet, tells the people, he says, look, okay, the Lord's going to give you a king, uh, but he's going to send your kids off to war. He's going to take your horses. He's going to take your donkeys. He's going to take your orchards and your vineyards and your fields and everything else. He's going to take your daughters. Why? To build the palace, right? Or to build the ministry, right? To, to build the thing. Saul functions as, King Saul functions as a leader whose default position is, you exist to serve me. You exist to make me and my stuff great. And Jesus has real issue with that. Okay, so back to Ezekiel. Her priests have done violence to my law. Her princes in her midst are like wolves. What does Jesus say? Wolves. Like wolves tearing the prey, shedding blood, destroying lives. Why are they doing this? To get dishonest gain. And her prophets have smeared whitewash for them, seeing false visions, divining lies for them, saying, Thus says the Lord God, when in fact the Lord God has not spoken. The people of the land have practiced extortion. They've committed robbery. They've oppressed the poor and the needy. They've extorted from the sojourner without justice. Therefore, this is the word of the Lord through Ezekiel to these priests and prophets and kings and princes. Therefore, I have poured out my indignation on them. I have consumed them with the fire of my wrath. Matthew 7 says what? Every tree that does not bear good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the... He's just... Quoting Ezekiel, quoting Jeremiah, pointing the gun at the Pharisees. Now, I've returned their way up on their heads, declares the Lord God. Okay? It's just the common narrative. God has set up the universe to run with leadership. Okay? God is the governor at the height of the heavens, governing over the whole creation. And as a good governor, he's delegated out and meted out responsibility to leaders to bless and love people and serve people. Right? Like, that's how God set it up. If you don't like it, you take it up with him. Okay? And what has happened over and over and over and over and over it, within the people of God, without the people of God, is people have taken that divinely appointed role in, of their life and used it not to love people, but to exploit people, right? Like, that's just how it works. It's just how humans have run this thing, okay? And so there's a precedent in, in Israel in their past and, and in Israel in their present, or in their, in that time, uh, Precedent of leadership that's false, okay? And the primary reason these prophets and leaders and priests are considered false in this instance is not because of their doctrine, okay? Like, obviously, the guy who says that there's like, you know, the Trinity is nine people, obviously that guy's false, right? I mean, okay? (laughs) Obviously that's false. But that's not what Jesus is saying. He's saying these people are false, not due to their doctrine. They're false. They're considered false prophets, uh, outwardly like sheep, but inwardly ravenous wolves. Because rather than loving people, they're using people for financial and societal gain. Jesus says, you are false. You are a wolf in sheep's clothing. And if you don't tra- turn and bear fruit, you're going to be cut down and thrown into the fire. This is really intense. Like, if we were standing there and you were the Pharisees kind of listening to this thing, it'd be like, you know what I mean? Like, it's really intense. And so, James, Jesus' brother just carries this on. James 5, 1 through 5. Come now, you rich, weep and howl for the miseries that are coming upon you. Your riches have rotted, your garments are moth-eaten, your gold and your silver they've corroded, and their corrosion will be evidence against you and will eat your flesh like fire. This is a warning to those who are oppressing people. You've laid up treasure in the last days. 
on the earth, right? Jesus, Sermon on the Mount, lay up your treasures in heaven where moth and rust can't destroy them. Don't lay them up on earth where the robber breaks in and steals. You've laid them up here. And so behold, the wages of the laborers who mowed your fields, which you kept back by fraud, are crying out against you. And the cries of the harvesters have reached the ears of the Lord of hosts. Okay? God sees and God hears. Okay? God is, God is, poor leadership, poorly stewarded leadership is not something that God's just like, well, Hope someone does something about that. Like he's going to do something about that. He doesn't sweep it under the rug. Like it's 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 a it's real in the eyes of God. You've lived on the earth in luxury and self indulgence. Now, right? You've got your reward. It's like Sermon on the Mount. Got your reward. You fatten your hearts in a day of slaughter. Then, James five one through five is just it's all there. Okay. So the litmus test. Every time I say that, Judy, you say, have you been talking to Joe? No, other people use the word litmus test, okay? <laughs> but I have been talking to Joe, yeah. Um, the, the test here for whether a leader is false, okay, how you know is that rather than giving themselves for the sheep, they slaughter the sheep for themselves. That's what Jesus is saying. And so Paul carries this through uh, in his ministry. Um, Acts chapter 20, Paul is speaking to the elders in Ephesus. He's about to leave. It's a real, I, I read it this week, and it's so sad. Like, they all weep because they're not going to see him again until the kingdom comes. He says, Therefore I testify to you this day that I am innocent of the blood of all, for I did not shrink back from declaring to you the whole counsel of God. So Paul comes to, to these elders, and he says to them, Guys, I've given you my bona fides, right? You've heard my message. You've seen my life. It's all an open book. I'm not hiding anything from you. I told you that the day of the Lord is coming and that Christ has given his life as a sacrifice for sins before that day. And now I'm urging you to walk a narrow path. Okay? I didn't lie to you. Everything in my life you've seen. And so now he's leaving them to go to uh, Miletus and he gives them a warning. And it's the same warning that Jesus gives, right? Pay careful attention to yourselves and to all the flock which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers, elders, bishops, pastors, whatever, to care for the church of God, which he obtained with his own blood. I know that my after my departure, fierce wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. And from among your own selves will arise men speaking twisted things. Why? Why are these men going to speak twisted things to draw away the disciples after themselves? To win people to themselves, not draw people after the Lord, okay? Not, not draw people to eternal life, not draw people to live for an inheritance that is unfading, undefiled, kept in heaven, guarded by God and to be revealed to you on the last day. None of that, but to draw them after themselves, to, to win them to themselves, again, for financial and societal gain. And Paul says, verse 31, therefore be alert. Jesus says, Matthew 7, beware. Hey, like grabbing them and shaking them. Beware. Remembering that for three years I did not admonish C. Snyder Day to admonish every one of you with tears. Okay? So Paul is, is speaking to, again, he's been with them for three years. Okay? Loving them and serving them. Like three years. And he tells them, look, after I leave, leaders will come who are going to seem sincere and seem truthful. They're going to look like sheep, but inwardly ravenous wolves. And they're going to look and sound polished, but their real inward driving desire is not to care for the sheep, but to devour them and control them as ravenous wolves for their own wealth, 
glory, and renown. That's what Jesus says. That's what Paul says. That's what James freaks out about. Like, this is what's going on. And then Paul says, verse 32, And now I commend you to God, okay? I've done my best. I got to go. I commend you to God, to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up, not tear you down, and to give you the inheritance among all those who are sanctified. And then 33, I coveted no one's silver or gold or apparel. You yourselves know that these hands ministered to my necessities and to those who are with me, okay? So at Ephesus... It's a very rich area, okay? It's a, it's a hub. People got, got money there. At Ephesus, Paul takes pains to show them and make it clear, look, I'm not here to rob you. I'm not in Ephesus because I want your money. And so Paul does what? Makes tents, right? Like this is where the, the tent-making stuff comes from a church that he totally could have taken money for, okay? Like they, they've got the money. But because if Paul did take their money, there could be this charge like maybe Paul's one of these wolves. Maybe Paul's out here just for our money. Maybe Paul's out here just for this. Paul says to, to just to establish on the front end that I'm sincere and I'm pure. And my actual desire is that at the day of the Lord, you would be saved and inherit eternal life and not a lake of fire. I'm going to make tents, though I have full right as an apostle to take money from you. Does that make sense? And, and you know this is going on because later, Paul's the same guy who says, look, an elder who's, who labors in preaching and teaching, he's worthy of double honor, right? Don't shred out the ox, or don't, don't uh, starve the ox as he's treading out grain, right? Those who uh, uh, preach the gospel should make their living by the gospel. Same guy here doesn't take any money, goes to Macedonia, who's the poorest church, okay? They have no money, and he takes money from them. Because he's already established with Macedonia, look, I'm here for you and your life. And they know this and they have relationships. So you see what I'm saying? It's not, you should never give money to your laborers and your elders and your teachers, okay? Like, I am very grateful for that. <laughs> this this uh, last week, and I guess this morning too, <laughs> uh, last, last, or this, this month, uh, we had a really expensive doctor's appointment, which I guess all doctor's appointments are expensive. I didn't know that um <laughs> had a really expensive doctor's appointment uh both vehicles went to the shop and i guess she bumped another one this morning so maybe a third trip to the shop and uh <laughs> i'm just kidding you're good at other things it was brody's oh ours is good brody's is busted all right well god loves brody too we'll supply all of your needs seek first the kingdom of god and all these things will be added my point is, um, we had all these expenses come up, and, and I'm, I'm uh, driving home, and I was just like, God, thank, and you guys took special offerings for us in October, and covered most of that, and I was just like, God, thank you for, for a congregation that loves and cares, you know what I mean? Like, that, that's a good thing, that's not a, it's not, you know, I would not be good at making tents if, uh. That was the deal. Paul's issue in Ephesus was to not take money so that it would be just overwhelmingly clear that his motives were pure with the people. Look, I really just want you guys in Ephesus to inherit eternal life. That's my whole goal. I have no, <laughs> I'm not trying to climb any kind of ladder with you guys. I just want you to not go to hell. That That's the deal. Um, anyway, so I could keep hammering on that, but that's that's the first falseness 
is the false shepherd, the false leader, the false prophet, false apostle, false evangelist. They use the sheep for financial gain and money. Like they are going to eat you so they can live. That's what Jesus is saying first. The second one, the second mark of a false leader, prophet, whatever, is that they keep people on the broad path. Okay? So we're in the Sermon on the Mount. This is one sermon. This is one message. And Jesus is hammering it over and over and over and over. Last week, narrow path, broad path. Okay? So for their own gain, wolves will not teach the whole counsel of God. For their own gain, wolves will not warn people about the day of the Lord, and they will encourage people to live with bad eyes, okay? So whether that's a bad single eye, right, just set on this age, right? That's what Hymenaeus and Philetus, they come to the people and they say, hey, the resurrection's already happened. Paul says, don't listen to that. It's irreverent babble, and it's going to keep you focused on this age. Or, or the, the, the people that come to the Thessalonica, they say, hey, the day of the Lord's already happened. Okay, it's already over, so just live however you want to live. The false teachers encourage people in that. Hey, live for this age, okay? Live how you want to live, and they lead people to destruction. That's what, that's what Paul says. And then you get to the Lord, and they say, Lord, Lord, right? And Jesus says, I, I didn't knew, know you because they didn't actually do the will of the, of the Father, okay? That's what Jesus says. You say to me, Lord, Lord, on that day, he says, I never knew you. Those who will inherit eternal life are those who do the will of my Father who is in heaven. And so what is the will of my Father who is in heaven? It's the Sermon on the Mount, right? Matthew 5, 6, and 7. Show mercy to those who don't deserve mercy, okay? Live meekly, okay? Wait on the Lord. Walk a narrow path. That is the will of my Father that's in heaven, coming from the mouth of Jesus it, um, here. And the point that Jesus hammers specifically here in Matthew 5, 6, and 7 is that the narrow path and the will of my Father that is in heaven is a life of persecution, right? Because he's, he's talking about the prophets. And so in the, in the New Testament, when they're talking about the prophets, they always tie it to the persecution of the prophets. Okay, so Matthew 5.10, Blessed are, are you when others revile you and persecute you and, and, and say all kinds of things evil about you falsely on my account, for so they persecuted who? The prophets. Who were before you. So it's the same bit. Back, back to Jeremiah. Everyone's greedy for unjust gain. From who? Prophet to priest. Everyone deals falsely. They have healed the wound of my people lightly. Saying peace, peace. Saying it's fine. Walk a broad path. Okay? <laughs> Live for this A. Saying peace, peace. When there is no peace. Same thing happens in Ezekiel. The false prophet... Or, Ezekiel is saying, hey, like the day of the Lord is coming for you guys, right? Like I'm having visions of armies from the east coming over and the fall and the king doesn't want to hear that. So he calls in the false prophet to say, nope, everything's good. Everything's great. Peace, peace. Someone throw that guy in a pit. You know what I mean? <laughs> Shut that guy up. And so they are persecuted. Jeremiah and Ezekiel say, hey, live for the day of the Lord. Live like it's in view. The false prophets say, peace, peace. And Ezekiel and Jeremiah get persecuted, okay? The false shepherds, the false prophets, the false leaders, teachers, evangelists, whatever, are false. Why? Because they teach and they instruct the flock to live for this age, okay? And you can walk into their gatherings week after week, year after year, decade after decade, and never once hear a word of warning. Never. 
Go to church for 30 years and never hear about the day of wrath. Never once hear that God has appointed a day and God has appointed a man who will come in flaming fire to judge the living and the dead and never be taught to live with sobriety in light of that day. You can do it. You can walk into church for 30 years and never hear about the day of the Lord. Never hear about the age to come. Only hear about how can my life in this age be better right now. How can I make a few more dollars? How can I be a little more happy right now and never hear about the day of the Lord? And that kind of teaching, not that there's not a place for it, okay? I want our people to know how to like be a husband and wife and figure that stuff out and, and how to handle your money and, and how to be smart and how to you know do your job well and all, all the cares of this life, right? They're cares of this life because they're real, okay? But if that is the only note that is played over and 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 over, and that's all you ever hear, you know all you're ever going to think about and meditate on and dream about and live your life about and hope in? That stuff. That's all you're going to think about. And what that does to people is it causes them to live their day in, day out, and wake up, get out of bed, and think and, and not think about the day of the Lord. Not have the day of the Lord in view. Not have the age to come in view. And, and it causes people to live without knowing the necessity of trial and tribulation and persecution and self-denial that's necessary to enter the kingdom of God. You just won't live soberly if you never have anything to be sober about. Okay? It causes people to live with a single eye. It causes people to not lay up their treasures in heaven where moth and rust can't destroy them and causes people to lay them up here. And ultimately, guys, it causes people, when that's the only note that's played, it causes people to not have any kind of Maranatha cry in their guts. Why do I need the Lord to come? I've got things pretty good here. I've got to figure it out. Guys, I can't even balance a checkbook. You know what I mean? I don't have things figured out. I need that guy to come. It causes people to live for this age and to walk a broad path and try and serve two masters. And Jesus says, you, you can't. You just can't. It causes people to, to seek these things first and maybe think about the kingdom of God instead of thinking about the kingdom of God. And then all these things will be added unto you. It just, it just reverses the equation, okay? False shepherds teach people, or don't teach people to live for the age to come. And so Jesus says to them, when we get into Matthew 23, where Jesus just cranks everything, right? 23 to the end is just like, you know, you guys ever seen this, a spinal tap? Probably not. <laughs> Cranked up to 11, okay? He's just going at him, Matthew 23. Woe to you! Because you have not taught people to live for the age to come, because you set people's eyes on this age, woe to you teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You shut the kingdom of heaven in men's faces. And he says, you guys aren't going to go in. You don't get to enter the kingdom of heaven. And neither, neither do all these disciples that you've made after yourself. In fact, they're twice the sons of hell that you are. That's what you've done in, in teaching people this way. And, and the point, again, like your job, okay, and, and let's step out of, you know, prophets, apostles, teachers, evangelists, that whole bit. Your job as a human being before God, okay? So whether you, you are a husband or a parent or a teacher or where you work, whatever, your, your job before God is to serve people and love people and keep people on a narrow path, and, and for these people specifically, toward things eternal, 
Like, that's your job. But instead, they're leading people on a broad path towards things temporal. And Jesus says, woe to you. You're, gonna make, you're a child of hell. You're going to make them a child of hell. Oh, and, and what this does is it teaches people to put their hope where it doesn't belong. And that kills faith. Because if your hope is here, these things get taken away and your faith's gone. If your hope is there, an anchor, it can't be moved. That's like a kingdom that cannot be shaken. If it's there, that can't be taken away. And then we receive all the blessings in this age with joy and thanksgiving. But when those things are taken away, we're not shaken. Okay? Like, the false leaders keep people on a broad path. And so Jesus says to them, again, Jeremiah Jeremiah 23, Woe to the shepherds who destroy and scatter the sheep of my pasture. Concerning the shepherds who care for my people, you have scattered my flock, you've driven them away, you have not attended to them. And behold, he says, you have not attended to them, and so I'm going to attend to you. Like, that's terrifying, guys. Like, I'm trying not to read this like, yeah, those guys, I'm trying to read this like, oh my God help oh my god show mercy to me help me not be this guy help me not be these shepherds these priests these prophets these kings help me walk in humility and mercy and love towards people because i am always three seconds away from being that guy but for the grace of god you know what i mean he says i will attend to you for your evil deeds okay you're a husband supposed to lead your family and you're exploiting your wife and exploiting your children for your own comfort or whatever? You've not attended to them? I will attend to you, the Lord says. You're a, you're a boss, you're an employee with, with people under your charge and you've not attended to them? The Lord says, I will attend to you for your deeds. Like this is not, <laughs> this is not just about the temple and the church and all... This is about every area of our life. God puts us in places to love people and serve people and care for people in view of the day of the Lord, in view of the age to come. And that's our job. And when we're in right before this, right, Jesus says all this stuff is hard. So ask the spirit. If you ask him for bread, he's not going to get Okay. So we ask for God like, God, I'm a teacher. I'm a pastor. I'm a parent. I'm a husband. I'm an employee. Whatever. Like I need your spirit. To love people and serve people and not take advantage of people. Because, I don't, I mean, my default is to do the opposite. And I need the Spirit to come and say, hey, the day of the Lord's real for you. And you could take advantage here and you could take some here and you can take some here. And no one might know, but at the day of the Lord, that tree's cut down and thrown into the fire if it doesn't bear fruit. Those are the stakes, Okay. Those are absolutely the stakes that that Jesus is saying. So the day is coming, and we have to cry out to God. And as we do so, I know, so I'm just doing the false leaders this week. Next week, we'll do true leaders. Okay, so all right. (laughs) Because I know know this is pretty hard. So I I, I have a music team come up. As we're doing this, as we're crying out to God and saying, hey, whatever area uh, uh, of of influence, leadership, service you have given me, okay? For me, that's, I have a Bible and a pulpit, and you guys keep coming back, so I'll just keep doing it, okay? 
as we cry out for mercy in this thing and say, God, I know the temptation and I know the bent of fallen humans to do this. As we're crying out to mercy, we remind ourselves and, and we, we, we sing and pray and gather around other people who encourage us in these things. And we remind ourselves of the gospel and, and our Savior in it, okay? So, 30 minutes of false leaders. Let me give you one verse on, on what the real thing is. 2 Corinthians 8, 9. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, for your sake he became poor, so that you, by his poverty, might become rich. Right? The total opposite of the last 50 scriptures I've read. They, they, they use their riches to make you poor. Jesus, in his wisdom, his kindness, his riches, his power, goes low to bring you up and make you great and, and save you for eternal life. We'll spend all next week on that, okay? Like that, for your sake, though he was rich, he became poor, that you, by his poverty, might become rich. Like this is, this is what God's doing in the gospel, He's loving and serving and caring for people who do not, you know what I mean? Like, I don't deserve any of that. But that's who God is. Okay, let's pray. Let's stand. Let's pray. Father, um,. God, we uh, come in uh, humility and we come in repentance, God. If we have acted falsely and, and taken advantage of people and used people for our own gain, um, it, and God, worse so if we've done this in the name of God, if we've put Jesus' name on it and done it, God, we, we repent, turn from these things. God, I, I ask you for wisdom and discernment um, in our body uh, to, to know, God, even if it's clothed like a, like a sheep, God, help us know if inwardly that's a ravenous wolf. We should avoid such men. And God, I I'm ask as we as we go into um, to the Advent season uh, next week, Fix our gaze on uh, the promise that a shepherd will come uh, f- from Israel and, and rule the people in, in, in righteousness and in justice, serving the people, teaching them, leading them. God, set our gaze um, on Jesus. Help us imitate his example that though he was rich, for our sake he became poor. That by his poverty we might become rich. Help us imitate that, walk in that, meditate on that, think on that. That that the God who who hung the stars, who who, who uh, God set his his chambers as beams in the heavens, who spoke and and everything was created. That same God became incarnate, came to the earth, died, washed feet. God, other gods rule and 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 conquer and do. 
No other gods wash the feet of their servants. No other gods wash the feet of their subjects. And so I ask that that, that vision of Jesus with a towel around his, his waist, a, 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 a basin, God washing our feet, I, I ask that would just dominate our hearts and minds um, this week and that would cause us and energize us to walk this thing out. In the name of Jesus, everyone said,